Hello, and welcome to the Reselling Report podcast for today, Thursday, August 6th, 2020. I'm your host, Anne Eckhart, and every weekday I upload the Reselling Report to update you on the day's retail and e-commerce news, including the latest from eBay, Amazon, Etsy, and Poshmark. Whether you're listening on YouTube or your favorite podcast site, make sure you are subscribed. And now let's get on with today's show. Well, happy Thursday, everyone. Hope you are all doing well. I wanted to mention straight up that I watched Extreme Unboxing on A&E last night, and I was so disappointed. (laughs) I really thought it would be, you know, a fun show, but my main problem with it was honestly the production of the show. It looks like they filmed it during the height of the lockdowns. And that the people on the show were doing their own filming, like with their own cameras or on their cell phone. Maybe there was somebody there filming for A&E, but the production value was really, really bad in that respect. There was no host. There was no voiceover to tell you, you know, more about what's going on. If the people who were being filmed didn't say it directly in the camera, you didn't know what the heck was going on. So uh, if you haven't heard already, this is a show about resellers who buy pallets and they're just opening up the pallets on the show. What they do is they take everything out, they scan as they go typically, and see what it's selling for online. And then there's a little screen or a little, I don't know, graphic on the screen that shows what they paid for the pallet, plus including shipping, and then when they make it. So basically when they break even, and then what the profit is on top of that. But you guys know The profit on top of that is not your actual profit. It doesn't count the fees from the selling sites. It doesn't count shipping uh, that would have to be paid. So really, when I was looking at it, I thought, yuck, pallets are not the way to go if you went based on what these folks were getting. Now, I know it's TV, you know, and people are, whatever, they're going to get all excited seeing it. But, you know, the profit margins were awful when, you know, the fees and shipping and expenses on the back end. So in that respect, the production value, the actual real reality of making money on pallets, at least the ones they showed, yeah, not impressed. I was really bummed. The other thing I didn't like is there was one couple who swore constantly. And you know, when you're watching a a mainstream channel, they obviously bleep out cuss words. So it was just constant like bleep, 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 bleep. I can't stand listening to a show with the constant bleeping. I mean, I don't want to hear the cuss words anyway, but if you're watching a rated R movie or you're watching, you know, premium cable, you hear language. But this couple just used so much language that it was just constant bleeping out of what they were saying. The poor production value, no host or anything, and then just the complete unrealistic Uh, reality of it, I was bummed. I don't know that I'm going to be able to watch anymore. I watched two episodes and yeah, but you can let me know what you thought about it. If you have seen it, maybe some of you guys liked it. You can definitely let me know. I did also want to quickly touch on the uh, state of the stimulus package that is currently uh, making its way through the Senate. Uh, This has been going on for over a week now with Democrats and Republicans trying to come to some agreement about a new stimulus package. Uh, As I am recording now, the latest that I'm going to read to you over on CNBC.com is, Democrats and Republicans have finally started to yield as painstaking coronavirus relief talks drag into their 10th day as the White House appeared to make concessions in the bargaining over extended unemployment benefits. 
Even so, a range of issues remained unresolved on Wednesday as the sides belatedly try to stave off economic ruin for millions of Americans and give a jolt to an overburdened health care system. Uh, the Trump administration team offered to extend extra federal unemployment insurance into December at $400 a week. The White House had floated keeping the previous $600 a week benefit for a week while negotiators hashed out a broader deal. Senate Republicans have proposed a plan that would set the insurance at $200 per week through September, then change the benefit to 70% wage replacement. Now, again, the this extra money is on top of what someone would normally get from their state. So normally, uh, depending on what state you're in, the amount you get per week of unemployment is different. So getting that and then this extra money, they've been getting $600 a week extra. Democrats want to keep that. Republicans came initially wanted 200. Now they're trying to find somewhere in the middle with the Republicans actually wanting a 70% wage replacement on top of what your state would normally give you. It's confusing. I know. Um, Muchen and Meadows also offered to extend a moratorium on evictions from federally backed housing into December. Democrats cut their request for the U.S. Postal Service funding to $10 billion from $25 billion, and spokespeople for the Democratic leaders and Trump administration officials did not immediately respond to requests for comments on the reported proposals. So again, this is something that is currently making its way uh, as they try to hammer out a deal. Now, of course, getting to a deal, then it actually has to go to a vote, and then Trump has to sign it. So we have a ways to go before there is any additional stimulus. Again, one of the things that they do seem to agree on is that we would get another $1,200 check sent to most Americans, those making under $75,000, and $500 per child with the child limit uh, age raised. So Hopefully, once they get all this hammered out, we will. most of us will be getting something. But like I said, it is still a ways to go before this is said and done for sure. Turning to the reselling sites themselves, we're going to start with eBay today. There's a new post over on the e-commerce bites blog titled, Did eBay Begin Limiting Daily Payouts to Five Days a Week? According to this post, a seller said eBay has suspended making managed payments payouts on the weekends, but failed to notify them of the change. Uh, Auction Bytes says, or I'm sorry, E-Commerce Bytes, they used to be called Auction Bytes. E-Commerce Bytes said that they could not find any notice of a change on the eBay payment terms of service page. Uh, The seller wrote on the eBay discussion boards, no more Saturday and Sunday payouts. Daily payouts are now sent only five days a week, Monday through Friday. Now I do not get paid for items sold from Friday afternoon through Sunday night until Monday around noon when eBay finally gets around to sending my payout. My bank takes two weeks to credit my account. So in reality, I do not get that money until Wednesday. That's interesting to me because on all the things that I get payouts for, I never get them on Saturdays or Sundays anyway uh, for Amazon um, and YouTube. They come on a weekday. So I would have, I didn't realize choosing a weekend was an option. But anyway, uh, the seller said the practice impacted their cash flow. Monday, I was forced to pay over $500 in shipping costs for my household budget as eBay sent me no payouts on August 1st, 2nd, or 3rd. I had just paid my eBay fees bill, which is also due at the end of the month. Adding to the squeeze, the seller has acquired new merchandise for the upcoming holiday season. Had I known eBay was going to interrupt my daily cash flow, I would have rethought my inventory purchase. Okay, I just got to insert my opinion here, but if you didn't have the capital or a business account to fund your business and you were taking it out of your household budget, that's a warning sign in and of itself. You should have had the capital and a business account, a business credit card, something 
to deal with your business expenses. Okay, back to the post. Uh, The transition to manage payments can be difficult for some sellers. In a related thread on the eBay boards, a seller lamented the delay in getting payouts compared to the way things were prior to eBay taking over payment processing. I am very dissatisfied with the way eBay took over payment management. With PayPal, our funds were right there, right away, and it was extremely easy to budget payments and assets. Now the delay in actually getting our money through managed payments is ridiculous. This is extremely inefficient and unacceptable as viewed from a seller's perspective. In addition, questions remain. A seller in a separate thread on the eBay board said they were enrolled in managed payments, yet were receiving mixed payouts. Some funds were deposited via ACH into their bank account set up with managed payments, and other funds were deposited into their PayPal account. Am I seeing a phased-in implementation, or are some PayPal payments going to remain? The seller asked, adding, I guess I'm not too concerned as long as I'm getting paid, but I'd like to know if this is a glitch or something. We've seen nothing to indicate eBay is allowing multiple payment processing methods on a single seller account. However, a colleague suggested a possible reason for dual processing asking, do you sell in any of the restricted categories that can't use managed payments yet? eBay provided information about managed payments on the help page over on ebay.com and the FAQ includes the following information. Seller payouts are consistently initiated to their bank account within two business days of an order confirmation, regardless of how a buyer paid. Sellers can schedule their payout at a frequency they choose daily as funds are available or weekly, and they also have a video about it. So you can let me know if you are in managed payments, have you had any issues with your disbursement? Now I am set up on a weekly payment and they just gave me Tuesdays as my weekly payment. So I've now gotten two payouts um, on Tuesdays from eBay, no issues at all. But uh, yeah, you can let me know if the um, new payout schedule is affecting you at all. In other eBay news, if you were utilizing PayPal for working capital loans and are frustrated losing that source in terms of you being able to pay that loan back via your eBay sales, since if you're in managed payments, your eBay money stays on eBay. It doesn't go to PayPal anymore. Therefore, it can't automatically be paid back to the loan. eBay and LendingPoint have teamed up to provide seller financing to entrepreneurs and businesses. This uh, is a press release that's over on the eBay news page. It says eBay is partnering with LendingPoint to launch a new program that will give eBay sellers in the U.S. access to funding to help grow and sustain their businesses. The program, eBay Seller Capital, powered by LendingPoint, is compatible with payments managed by eBay and will unlock opportunities for individuals and businesses to obtain financing, providing eligible sellers with a fast, flexible, and transparent funding experience. Uh, It says eBay sellers who work with LendingPoint in the pilot program can obtain quick decisions and access installment loans. This program will be offered with flexible terms of up to 48 months to allow sellers to choose the best option for their specific budget needs and lower repayment plans as part of the longer terms. Lending Point will not charge orientation fees or early payback fees. In the future, through this partnership, eBay and Lending Point aim to expand their offering to provide eBay sellers with more tools to help run their businesses. So, um, should make it easy for you to um, get some money if you wanted to, as you did with the PayPal working capital loans, directly through the eBay site using lending points. You can let me know if you think this is something that you might uh, be looking into. It is a pilot program now live and you have to be in managed payments in order to do it, but you can let me know if you've gotten an offer 
about this or if you've actually gone ahead and uh, applied for it. In Amazon news, Amazon is coming to South Dakota. According to a post on Kiloland.com, Amazon is planning on coming to South Dakota. Recently, Kiloland News told you about land development that's taking place in the northwest part of the city. And this is Sioux Falls. Uh, at the time, city leaders told us they couldn't tell us what was coming, but there would be a big announcement coming soon. Now, the news has obtained copies of the building plans, and as promised, it's going to be big. Now, I will link this in the show notes below so you can go over and look at the actual building plans. Uh, it said that the building plans for an Amazon distribution center uh, is four stories and two million square feet and falls under the Amazon Fulfillment Commissioning Plan. The project has been kept under wraps, so much so that the builders had given it a code name, Project Stampede. So another big Amazon warehouse going up, this one now in South Dakota, and I'm sure this is just the beginning of what we will see across the country as Amazon continues to expand. And especially if they want to get into same-day delivery, it's not going to be enough for them to have these distribution centers in every state. They're going to have to have distribution centers in every region. I mean, I would think within a two-hour range is all they could promise for same-day delivery. So yeah, big news for South Dakota, uh, for Sioux Falls in particular from Amazon. We've been talking a lot on the show about Walmart's marketplace, which enables third-party sellers to sell on Walmart's website. Now, it does seem at the moment that this is really geared toward established companies and brands who have a lot of multiple quantity inventory versus, you know, kind of the one-off items that those of us who sell on eBay Amazon Poshmark might get. But I found an interesting article over on their Marketplace site in terms of apparel and what to source right now with holiday apparel trends. Now, we all know with the pandemic that clothing sales have been down and what clothing items have been selling has changed a lot. So I thought this was a really interesting um, page to share with you because it can give you some insight into what people are going to be shopping for in the fall and winter. It says supporting the rise of the homeware wardrobe with 25 to 30% of the U.S. workforce estimated to work from home several days a week by the end of 2021. It is only natural to expect that consumers will be spending more time at home. This trend shifted uh, customer demand to buy more sleepwear and cozy clothes geared towards home use. Comfortable onesies, sets, and robes our customers love to relax in sleepwear, and expanding into matching sets makes for a great family photo. Popular prints include pa- plaid, buffalo, fair isle, and holiday patterns. Fall and winter season will see increased sales of flannels and sweaters, Sherpa jackets, puffer vests, and sweatpants. Next section is embracing the outdoors with stylish and giftable activewear. Uh, this Mackenzie Fashion report forecasted athleisure wear and active wear 2020 sales to have the highest growth among other fashion categories, increasing by 7%. This growth has been accelerated by the quote-unquote new normal. Customers embracing the outdoor lifestyle, spending more time hiking and camping, and consistently shopping for more active wear. This trend makes for a great giftable idea and provides more opportunities for marketplace sellers to sell tracksuits and sets, fleece sweaters and jackets, and ski apparel. Nike and Adidas are popular activewear brands that shoppers search for on walmart.com. Concentrating on popular brands while moving holiday gift shopping online. 
While the pandemic is making its own corrections to the 2020 apparel trends, one thing remains the same. Customers still shop for gifts and now start holiday shopping earlier than ever from the convenience of their home. Bringing in more items from popular brands and fulfilling the demand is a good strategy to drive holiday success. The most desired apparel brands from Walmart customers search for are UGG, Kulabura, Michael Kors, Gucci, Coach, Ray-Ban, and Oakley. Okay, does anybody think it's weird to go onto Walmart and buy Gucci? I, I just don't know. This third-party partnership is, is, I mean, is it discounted Gucci? Okay, but just to, like, yeah, I'm in the market for a Gucci handbag. You know I'm going to go to Walmart. Probably not if you can buy a Gucci handbag. But anyway, uh, novelty Christmas items are still in demand, such as the fun Advent sock calendar sets and stripes and holiday patterns. They are a trending holiday gift. Ugly Christmas theme parties at home and via video conferencing are still in the cards. So ugly Christmas sweaters, shirts, hoodies, and tees will continue to be popular holiday novelty items. We'll see if that's true. And then the uh, says keeping it merry and bright with classic characters and licensed products from Frozen, Baby Shark, Star Wars, Baby Yoda, Trolls, and LOL Surprise. So just some style and brand tips from Walmart. Again, you don't have to sell on Walmart to take note of these trends. You can apply them to wherever you are selling online and what you are looking to source. Some more celebrity cred coming to Poshmark, according to a post on Romper.com. Busy Phillips is selling her clothes on Poshmark to raise money for schools. Actress, author, and former TV show host Busy Phillips has been a style icon since she first sold scenes in the early cult classic Freaks and Geeks. Now she's taking her looks and putting them to good use, launching a pop-up closet for charity. Featuring 165 items from her personal wardrobe, Busy's Closet is a collaboration between Busy Phillips and Poshmark, a secondhand shopping app designed to support donors choose, an organization founded by a Bronx history teacher that lets people donate directly to classrooms to make it easy for teachers to get supplies they might not otherwise be able to afford. Phillips Poshmark wardrobe goes live on August 4th, so it's already up, and includes a total of 165 items priced anywhere from $25 to $500 and will be available in three separate installments. Customers will find show-stopping pieces from a range of designers and brands, including Diane von Fustenberg, Rachel Zoe, J. Crew, and more. All items are sized at small, medium, or 4, 6 throughout. Jeans and pants are size 28, and available shoe styles are in a 10. So um, anything that brings more traffic to the reselling sites, I always think is a good deal. So this Busy Phillips collab will certainly do that for Poshmark. And finally today, let's talk a little bit about the state of the thrift stores. What are your thrift stores looking like? Are they still loaded with donations? Are there a lot of shoppers when you go or when you're outsourcing? Is it pretty quiet? According to an article on rgj.com, Reno thrift stores struggle despite influx of donations. And I just wanted to share this article with you because I've been seeing a lot of the same online, so I thought it was interesting uh, for us to talk about. An entire room is filled with bins tagged with blue sheets of paper that read Q728. Peeking out from the piles in the bins are a pair of plastic sunflowers, brand new foam slippers, and a pillow cross-stitch with home sweet home. You never know what you're going to get, kind of like that box of chocolate, said John Fisher, director of store development at Catholic Charities of Northern Nevada. The blue label hanging from each canary yellow bin means the items were quarantined on July 28th and they're not to be touched for three days to ensure they're free from any traces of the coronavirus in case they were previously exposed. 
During economic downturns, thrift stores are critical because even people that wouldn't typically consider thrift stores shopping will come in. While many shoppers turn to secondhand stores during economic hard times, thrift stores say they're struggling to keep up with the new demands of the pandemic. Despite spikes in household and clothing donations, many stores have also seen a drop in customers, which means less revenue. Additionally, they're trying to do more to keep customers safe, despite the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention recent guidelines that say most coronavirus transmission is airborne, not surface-based. Obviously, these items are coming from people's homes, and so we don't know what the items have been exposed to. Uh, more items actually spend extra time in quarantine simply because staff can't get the items out of the floor quick enough. This particular nonprofit has two thrift stores in the Reno Sparks area, and all employees are required to wear gloves, masks, and take additional precautions, such as requiring donors to place their items in the storage bins themselves before the items are quarantined. Catholic Charities is also not taking any soft or upholstered furniture since it's more difficult to clean. For the time being, all six neighborhood donation sites are closed since Catholic Charities, which has retained all of its current employees during the pandemic, is struggling to fill open positions at the neighborhood sites. The wage of the positions likely is less than what those who are unemployed have been making from unemployment insurance. Most retailers have been hit hard by the pandemic, but the thrift stores whose revenue goes towards services that fund everything from shelters to food pantries are concerned about the long-term impacts of reduced revenue and patronage. The pandemic threw a major wrench in the plans of the SBCA of Northern Nevada, a nonprofit that runs a shelter and adoption program for pets. They had planned a smooth transition between the closure of one store and the opening of another. Instead, the old store closed in March as mandated by state orders, and the new store will open in late September, causing a half-year gap in one of the nonprofit's most reliable revenue streams. About 40% of the nonprofit income comes from the thrift store. Uh, the good news is that, like many secondhand store, the store expects a lot of incoming inventory from retailers that, in some cases, aren't turning product as rapidly as usual. We got in a huge shipment from Zulily because they told us they had a lot of extra stuff. These are the cutest clothes. It's a weird time, but in a way, it's a silver lining. The new store will begin accepting donations on August 3rd, and while thrift stores also receive uh, eclectic and collectible donations, Baxter said people are taking a Marie Kondo approach to clean out their homes and the thrift stores are reaping the benefits. People are partying with things that they wouldn't have likely parted with otherwise. Everyone is going through everything at their house, cleaning out boxes they've been holding on to forever. About 300 items arrive each day, and while the number of donations is actually down because of all the neighborhood donation sites being closed, the average value of a single donation has doubled from about $40 to 80. Granted, a greater portion of the donations are ineligible for sale. For a time, waste management refused any curbside junk, so people held on to those large, broken items and then brought them into the charities. People figure, well, maybe it's okay to donate. Maybe it's not that bad. You donate that office chair that won't go up and down. Our customers aren't going to want it either. Typically, only about one-third of donations make it onto the floor. I just thought this was interesting to share the plight of thrift stores down in customers, all retail brick and mortar most, I should say, is down unless you're selling essential services, home goods, those things are up, but they're still getting an influx of donations, yet they don't have the staff or space to put those donations out. So if you have relationships with your local thrift stores, you know the manager, it's always a good time to say, hey, this is my business. Is there extra inventory you're looking to get rid of? I've seen some places 
uh, putting pallets together of items and selling them that way. So, you know, if you don't mind speaking up and talking to the management at your local thrifts, you might be able to do some bulk buys from them because they certainly have enough stuff right now to sell. And that's a wrap on today's show. If you listened on YouTube, please be sure to give the video a thumbs up and leave a comment. Remember that you can also listen to the podcast via Anchor, Spotify, Apple, and more. Check out the show notes for links to the articles I referenced. And if you want to learn how to make money on eBay and YouTube the way I do, check out my books. My Amazon store is also linked. Thank you so much for listening. I will talk to you again tomorrow. Have a great day. Bye.